It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This NFL season has been different. There's a few weeks to go, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football. Watching. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko, along with your other host, James Rapine. Today is Crossover Thursday. Even though the game isn't until next week on Monday night, James talks with Chris from Locked On Steelers today, and we find out what exactly it is that makes these Pittsburgh Steelers the worst team in NFL history that's ever won 11 games in one season. Looking forward to hearing Chris's excuses in part three of the show. But before we get there, we do have an update on Geno Atkins, who we know has been playing through a shoulder injury all year. And for all the betters that listen to the show, we're going to take a look at some of the odds out there around the Bengals this week. Let's get started, James, with the Geno Atkins news and what it might mean for him and the team going forward. James, on Wednesday, the Cincinnati Bengals announced that Geno Atkins has been placed on the injured reserve. And even in the COVID year where you can come back after three weeks, well, there's only three weeks left in the season. And we know that Geno has been dealing with this shoulder injury all year long. There's also the corresponding report from the Cincinnati Inquirer's Tyler Dragon that the Bengals and Geno Atkins will talk after the season, but they are expected to part ways. And that's a lot to stomach for the guy that made the team of the decade, the most likely Hall of Famer currently on the roster for the Bengals. Looks like his time in Cincinnati may be coming to a close. It would be a shame if this is how it ends, specifically because Geno Atkins looked like his old self early in training camp. There there were one-on-ones where he made, and it's not saying a lot with Michael Jordan, right? But there was Michael Jordan hype coming in. And he beat him like a drum in one-on-ones and looked explosive and looked fast and looked like the guy that had gone to seven Pro Bowls and then was gift-wrapped that that eighth Pro Bowl in 2019. And so when he suffered that injury, you you hoped it wasn't serious, it wasn't this. But, heck, I remember hearing months ago that this was something that was going to linger. That's why he wasn't out there, um, that that he probably needed surgery. And uh, the, the other thing about this, the fact that he had to sign a waiver to play. And, and that's what at least Jesse reported, that he had to sign a, a waiver to play. I think that that part is really interesting, too, that his desire to play, even if it's on a limited basis, was was still certainly there in these COVID times as well. Uh, unfortunately, he wasn't effective, and this really seemed inevitable after playing only seven snaps on Sunday. You would think that most of his limited production this year because even when he's gotten on the field for those limited snap counts he's been out there, he hasn't been effective is mostly due to that shoulder. 
I mean, think back to William Jackson last year, played through a shoulder injury all year, limited him a little bit, and he's playing corner, where you certainly need your shoulder, but you're not putting hundreds of pounds of force into that joint on every play the way that you're getting that force if you're a defensive lineman in the trenches. So Gino playing through quite a bit this year. You commend him for his effort. But you wonder, the Bengals on the hook for nearly $15 million on the cap next year, $16 million the next year after that in 2022. Tyler Dragons report that he's likely to no longer be with the team. There is probably a world where there's a restructure or a cut and re-sign or some sort of deal where Gino does stay with the Bengals. I don't think that's terribly likely. I don't know how you can really commit to a guy coming off the injury at his age. I think that's hard to do. At the same time, you look back at Andrew Whitworth, who was still productive when the Bengals let him go. Much later in his career, the Bengals let him go and they regret it. Now, there's a possibility that happens with Gino Atkins, who could bounce back. Like you said, James, he looked good early in training camp. Is there a trade possibility here, though? That's what I kind of wonder. I'm skeptical of that because I think that a lot of NFL teams are going to be pinching pennies, especially with veterans. But maybe the Bengals explore that option. Maybe. And in my question would be, and, and obviously we don't know this, but if you're not spending that money on Geno, who are you going to get? T- tell me what you're going to do. And obviously they're not going to come out and tell us, but what are you going to spend it on? Are you, are you just going to save that money because it's bad value on the surface? Or is that going to be the right tackle of the future? Maybe the left tackle, right? Or a guard. Maybe, is, is it Geno Atkins for Joe Tooney by saving that cap money, uh, you know, against the cap in 2021? If so, well, then sure, go do it and get the deal done. But uh, that's uh, that's the key for me because, yeah, I do think that if I'm a team – that feels like it's a one piece away in the in the trenches. I absolutely would be interested in Geno Atkins, and specifically if he's open to restructuring with a new team. That's what Carlos Dunlap did, right? He restructured to facilitate facilitate a trade to Seattle. I wouldn't be shocked there if Geno did the same. And, and you do wonder this, and I'm going to just go ahead and point it out. Geno Atkins has been here for a decade. Zach Taylor's been here for two years. He's obviously getting new blood, bringing his guys in. If he's around for a third season, does he just say, hey, Mike, Katie, Troy, move on from him. Hey, Duke, move on from him. Let's get our guys in here and continue this process. Wouldn't be shocked at all if that's the case. And, you know, if it is, it just continues what we've seen over the past few seasons. Certainly been an effort to get younger. Certainly been an effort to turn over the roster. It's taking longer. Like I said previously, many times on this podcast, usually you see that kind of roster churn happen in a new head coach's first year. Not the case in Cincinnati. Uh, One guy, though, James, that you could put that money toward, Leonard Williams. How about that? That That's a suggestion that I actually read in Paul Danner's piece on The Athletic. But uh, if they're looking for a one-for-one replacement to strengthen that defensive line, and they want to just put all 12 million of those dollars to work because they should have plenty of money elsewhere to adjust the offensive line. Quite frankly, uh, they could, they could look Leonard Williams's way coming from the New York giants. Yeah. I wouldn't be mad at that. Uh, I, I do. I do wonder then if, if the, that is the Bengals way, like if they're going to invest that amount of money into a position, I think it would still be Gino. Like I, you know, into that spot, I think they'd be like, all right, let's try to restructure maybe, but there's a reason we went out and signed DJ Reader. We think he's going to be good next to Atkins. 
and, and, and who knows? Maybe they'll try to, to restructure it at all. But, man, those two deals back in 2018, the Dunlap deal and the Atkins deal, when they happened, they were celebrated. And, boy, have they uh, have they hurt. I don't know if it really has affected the, the product on the field much, but it certainly hasn't helped them in their, uh, what, they've won 10 games since those deals were. Yeah, they won six in 2008 and four since over the past two years. They won 10 games since they signed those two guys. Yeah, and it has nothing to do with them, quite frankly. I'm going to yeah. push back against the, the fact that this that they were bad deals. They're not bad deals. The rest of the team was just awful. For, for many of those years, I guess there's only a couple of years in there, prior to this year, I guess I should say, Atkins and Dunlap were two of the best players on the team. They, they continued to be productive. They just didn't have anything going on offense or you know had issues elsewhere, but certainly don't blame either of them for the Bengals' struggles. It just shows you positional value and the limitations like – Aaron Donald, no matter how good he is, is never going to win you as many games as a top 10 quarterback even is going to win a football team. That's just the reality of the sport right now. Coming up next, James, we've got an extra day this week, so we're going to take some extra time to look at some odds. Zach Taylor to be the next coach hired is one prop that you've been keeping an eye on over at allbengals.com, and we'll talk about the odds for the Bengals hosting the Steelers. Monday Night Football, Week 15. Heavy, heavy home dogs. That's coming up next. Winter is here. It's cold. It gets dark at 5 o'clock, which I hate. And let's be honest, it's been a tough year. So we're facing mental or physical walls each and every day. Break through them with Built Go. Built Go comes in easy one-and-a-half-ounce packages. You can put them in your briefcase, your backpack, your golf bag, your workout bag. It's the best workout gel on the market. Think like drinking a monster drink without the third of the caffeine, better results, like five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. It comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate coconut, chocolate mint. And the best part about Built Go, it combines energy gel with collagen protein, and the protein gets into your system fast, is easy on the stomach, and the collagen promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. Check them out right now at BuiltGo.com. Use promo code LOCKED. You're going to get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. There's been plenty of speculation about Zach Taylor's future. (laughs) Jake and I have certainly talked about it a lot and will continue to talk about it. And the interesting thing, Jake, is how the odds and, and, and how the sharps are looking at this situation in Cincinnati compared to the rest of the head coaches that are on the hot seat in the NFL. And I thought this was interesting. Um, Bet Online released odds for the next head coach to be fired, who it's going to be. And it's it's quite, quite interesting because Zach Taylor's up there. He's fourth. And Adam Gase is right there. Anthony Lynn right there. Doug Marone right there. Well, all of those three, it makes a lot of sense. Two of the three are on the teams and coaching the teams that are worse than the Bengals this year. 
And then we know Anthony Lynn and what he's done in Los Angeles the, this year. But right after them is Zach Taylor. And, and just a look at the odds. And again, these are courtesy of Bet Online. Adam Gase, three to two, plus 150. Anthony Lynn, seven to four at plus 175. Doug Marone, plus 600, so six to one. And Zach Taylor right behind Marone. And again, the Jags only have one win this year. Zach Taylor, 13 to two, plus 650. I don't think he's the next head, co- head coach to go, but I, I do think that that's quite telling that he's fourth on this list. And the guys behind him are the Bears, Matt Nagy, the Eagles, Doug Peterson, and Minnesota's Mike Zimmer. So coaches with some success, certainly. I mean, Zimmer won a couple playoff games for Minnesota, never really had a great quarterback, although Kirk Cousins at times has gotten it done. Doug Peterson obviously won a Super Bowl, and Matt Nagy, the Andy Reid disciple, we talked a lot about Andy Reid yesterday. He has pretty much all of his professional coaching tenure under Andy Reid before taking over in Chicago. Again, tied to a less than ideal quarterback and a guy that maybe if he gets a second shot somewhere, if he is fired, he he catches on. If if I'm the Bears, I'm honestly looking to move up for a quarterback this year. Of course, winning games makes that harder. So the guys on the list behind Taylor, I think are kind of toss-ups to get fired right now. And I think Taylor is perhaps implied to be a toss up as well. Maybe, maybe leaning a little bit closer to firing because to me, the guys ahead of him on the list, Gase, Lynn, Marone are almost surefire. Those teams are going to be looking for new coaches. And so for those guys, it's kind of a, who's making the decision the fastest, who's doing it the last day of the season versus Monday. And if it's on Monday, you know, who's waking up the earliest and maybe you don't take Anthony Lynn if you're betting on this because they're out on Pacific time. You're taking the East Coast guys because they're going to do it three hours early. Because for, for those first couple of guys, I think it's going to be, you know, who, who goes earliest in the day on Monday? Because this late in the season, you don't expect it to be during the season. You expect it to be sometime after that last game is played. And so if you're if you're trying to decide between Gase and Lynn, yeah, you know, if you're betting on Anthony Lynn, you're, you're betting for that to happen right after the game on Sunday instead of the next day. For sure. I, I agree that that plays a factor in the other way on the flip side, the West coast time, maybe they do decide to do it on a Sunday night because they're three hours behind and we, we get the notification. It's your time, but on the Eastern uh, and Eastern time, maybe it comes down at midnight mm-hmm. that, you know, Anthony Lynn is out as, as chargers head coach. So I do agree with you though, that it does seem like Zach Taylor is kind of the, the swing one way or the other that Maggie Peterson Zimmer, it seems like they're all right, but You never say never in the NFL, specifically Zimmer. I think he's okay. Same with Peterson. But you never know. And Gase, Lynn, Marone, they're out. And it's just a matter of where Taylor is. And the fact that he jumped, he was plus 1,800 last week to plus 650 this week. I think it's clear that the public perception of Taylor is starting to to really shift. And and that's the crazy part about this is going into Monday night, the Bengals are 13-point home underdogs according to bet online against the Steelers. And it's just a testament of where they're at right now, Jake. They haven't been that big of a home underdog since 1994 against the Cowboys. Jay Morrison of The Athletic found that out. So that's just nuts to me. And it's kind of the the state of where they're at. And so if you tell me, you know, that they go, you know, and, and play the Steelers and lose by 35 on primetime, then I wouldn't be shocked if Zach Taylor, maybe he doesn't climb this list 
but maybe he's right in line and has almost even odds with Marone next week. 13 point dogs at home. That's all. That's that's all the points they're giving to Pittsburgh. I mean, how does Pittsburgh not cover that? You're talking a final score that's like 20 to seven, which we've seen for the Bengals a few times lately, or, you know, maybe the Steelers offense is really in a funk. They can't get going, but can you imagine that? I mean, the only difference, the only reason I think that this isn't more than 13 points is because the Steelers haven't had an effective running game this year. And, and Ben's had a couple of kind of down weeks against real NFL teams, I guess the last couple of weeks, the, the Bengals though, man, like they just gave up 30 to the Cowboys mm-hmm. and, and, and scored and, seven and, yeah. and Pittsburgh's better on both sides of the ball. Come on. And, and the other thing here, Jake, can you imagine if it's Ryan Finley? I mean, like, yeah. get your 13 now. Like, we don't know. We haven't had an injury report yet. We're not going to get an injury report till Thursday afternoon. What if Brandon Allen can't go? What if he doesn't practice Thursday and there's suddenly some doubt? That line is going to get bigger. So the 13, it, it, I mean, it is a lot. And, and again, it's the most – and you know how bad the Bengals were in 95 through 99 and even through 2002? The fact that they haven't been even more home dogs than this – but but part of it, you know, you're not going to have a lot of fans there. Uh, you know, probably have nine, ten thousand fans there. And, and then the second part of it, obviously, is just how bad they are. And and the Steelers need to win this one. And if I'm Vegas, I I'm with you though. If I had to go one way or the other, I think it would be uh, minus thirteen Pittsburgh right now. I don't know how you don't like the 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 parlay bet. The people that need a capper for their parlay, everyone's looking at just Steelers Bengals straight up just for that extra little bit of money. Like that's, that's your survival league pick of the week. If you haven't picked the Steelers yet, that's your, you know, just, you know, throwing an extra decimal point on the odds for my seven game parlay kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Like that's your guarantee. Like you you bet on some, maybe some long ones in there to boost it up, but uh, you know what, why not throw this one in kind of thing like that? It's just, and, and maybe even the 13 point one, that's that seems generous to the Bengals. I gotta say, I know thirteen points is a lot of points in the NFL, but it is, man. It, come on, it, you could always tease it too, and put it a little teaser in there if there's another line you like, and tease it down, <laughs> tease it down from thirteen to nine or eight, and then you're feeling golden, right? I mean, how how do they not win by by ten or more? Well, we're gonna find out why they're terrible uh, for an eleven win team, I guess, because. <laughs> They're certainly better than the Bengals. Chris Carter from Locked On Steelers talks with James in the last segment of the show coming up next. And a reminder, maybe not a reminder, a reveal that for tomorrow's show, we're talking with Paul Dana from The Athletic. So we got a couple of nice things to look forward to here. One in a minute, the other one coming your way tomorrow. This football season is different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch this season, Whether you're watching Bengals Steelers on Monday night football from the comfort of your own home, or if you're going to Paul Brown Stadium like me, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football. Watching. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We were just talking about ads courtesy of betonline.ag. And a quick reminder that Locked On has a new podcast. It's Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. So if you're more interested and you want more information on the betting lines, make sure you check out Locked On Bets. Speaking of Locked On, here on the Locked On Network, it is Crossover Thursday. It's time to welcome in Chris Carter from the Locked On Steelers podcast. He's here to tell us, as Jake said, about how awful the Steelers are, the worst 11-2 team in NFL history. Chris, appreciate the time. As always, let's start with what's going on with the Steelers. They've lost back-to-back games. Why are they struggling suddenly? I mean, but that was yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, that they've we've seen we've seen this team have to figure out a bunch of new different things the past few weeks, and they haven't, uh, especially on the offensive side of the ball. That's where we've seen. I mean, the Steelers' defense, even with all the injuries it suffered, you know, if, at the end of the Ravens game, there were a lot of people who were saying, you know, the Ravens game, the result didn't as matter as much. But when you lost Bud Dupree, that was the big step of that game because Bud Dupree, he had eight sacks on the season through 10 games. He was, you know, him and TJ Watt were the best edge rushing duo in the NFL. And now you got to throw in a third round draft pick rookie uh, in Alex Highsmith, who's actually played well. Um, but he's no, he's not the X factor that Bud Dupree has been. Uh, but the defense, even despite that, and already losing Devin Bush, and then losing his backup in Robert Spillane, and then Vince Williams being out for COVID nineteen, um, the defense, and then Joe Hayden going down, and Steven Nelson going down, the defense still was able to compete out there. The problem has been the Steelers' offense has disappeared. Now, granted, they had their own issues. James Conner was 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 uh, had COVID nineteen for a couple weeks, so he was out. Marquise Pouncey was a close contact to his, so he was out. Um, and then the team. In this last game uh, against the Bills, there was at one point where they were down to just five offensive linemen because everyone was either hurt. You know, well, actually, no, everyone was hurt. That was the bottom line there. And um, this team's really banged up. And I, I, you know, I said this about you know a month ago, uh, or, and just how this was playing out. This uh, the the losing of their bye week, it, you know, and forcing it to go to week four in the middle of a week when they practiced all week that that was going to impact this team at some point. And their best chance at getting a, a semi-bye week was playing Baltimore on Thanksgiving and then having the long week into a Sunday game. And they lost that when Baltimore, you know, had their COVID outbreak and they had a coach that was breaking the rules intentionally and all the, all that other stuff. And then that be, that turned a situation where they played two games within four days of each other and three games in 12 days and it broke their entire system. And now you're seeing all, all these irregularities. Um, and I think it exposed a few problems. One, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, he had, this has been the worst he's been in the past, the past season. I mean, the, the Steelers were averaging 30 points a game pretty much in the first 10. They can't even score 20 points in the last three. And I think the biggest thing is that you're seeing Ben not being on the same page as some of his receivers in, in these games. Um, you see him trying to, you know, he's not putting his full body into throws. There's times he's not stepping into the throw and um, that, and he's trying to rely too much on his arm. Cause it's funny. Some people are like, man, his arm don't got it anymore. Like, I don't think it's his arm. I think it's his legs. I think that he's, he might be tired or whatever it is that he's going through. 
And he just has to get back into those mechanics and, and those fundamentals. And it was just tough to do so when you were playing, you know, they had, they just had three straight short weeks. Um, uh, so I, I think that Ben Roethlisberger is, it, he can, he can turn it around and this would be a big week for him to do that and to figure some things out against the Bengals team that, you know, like you said, has been struggling. Uh, but that's where this, this team's issues are. Can they get back to that? They've had some drop issues with Eric Ebron and Deontay Johnson. Um, but there's a lot of people that's that, that, that even when they were winning, even when they beat Baltimore, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster was like, this is unacceptable. Like, you know, we, we know we got to be better than this. So they know what's, they know what's going on. I think it's just the slump that was eventually going to hit this team. And it's just, it's a good thing it hit the team now and not, you know, what well into the, you know, right the week before the playoffs. And then that's just how they play in the playoffs. Granted, they do have to turn it around before that we get to that point. Chris Carter of Locked On Steelers joining us. Let, let's flip it. Let's talk about the defense. And obviously, the Steelers' defense is uh, is rough. It's tough. It's scary. And I think Bengals fans right now cringe at the idea of this offensive line in Brandon Allen going up against this defense. Have they been as good during this stretch as they were earlier in the year? Or is, are there issues that they need to iron out before the playoffs start? Um, they've been, they, I think they still had like the major pieces. The biggest thing is that they, when they were missing Joe Hayden, um, that really put a damp on a damper on things because you saw them have to really deep, dig deep into the depth chart in the secondary. They, they've had to dig deep in the depth chart in the linebacker position. I mean, the last game, James, they had a fourth and fifth string inside linebacker situation going on. Uh, they play with Avery Williamson, the guy they traded for from the Jets in the middle of the season, taking all the play calls and relaying the information. And he actually did a good job with that. Um, and then they had as their other linebacker, Ulysses Gilbert III, who – He's like a, a late round draft pick from a couple of years ago. He's been hurt all season. He finally just got off an injured reserve. And after that, it's Marcus Allen, who's a box safety. And that's how beat up they've been an inside linebacker. Robert Spillane, we're not sure when he'll come back. If he does, he had a knee injury. Uh, and there, I think it was the Ravens game or the Washington game. Um, and, uh, you know, Devin Bush has been out for the season. So that's been rough. Um, and then Vince Williams, he got COVID-19. So now it's like you're down your, your, your first three linebackers there. Um, and so they're trying to find answers, but they have the, you know, the, the, the linebackers haven't been that big of an issue. Alex Highsmith has done a really good job filling in for Bud Dupree. Um, he still hasn't gotten home for more than a sack, but you could see some really good reps where he just, he's very quick off the ball. He dips his shoulder. Um, and th- this is why the Steelers got him is because he can generate pass rush um, in some, in some really impressive ways. And as he grows, I think he will be a talent for this team. Um, but the thing is, is that the Steelers, they say they still have so many other weapons on defense. T.J. Watt's still bringing it. Um, you know, Stephon Tewitt's still bringing it. Cam Hayward's still bringing it. Um, you got Minka Fitzpatrick still in the middle of the field. Terrell Edmonds helping out everywhere. Um, and the issue they ran against Washington was that Steven Nelson was out with an injury that game, and then Joe Hayden went down with an injury, and then they were down to Cameron Sutton, who's a good replacement cornerback, but then Justin Lane was a second-year, third-round draft pick, and he hasn't really matured into the place, the piece that they need yet to be consistently lining up outside the numbers. And he got picked on a bit by Alex Smith, um, in, you know, in that, in the, the, in Washington's comeback win over, over the, over the Steelers. So for the defense, the biggest thing has been finding those guys. Now, Joe Hayden, he, he was in concussion protocol. He's expected to be back this week. Steven Nelson, he's back. 
with them together and Joe Hayden taking the, the CB one role. And, and, you know, I think that that's going to help this team get back on track because when those two are on the outside, that allows Cameron Sutton to bump to the, to the inside and him and Mike Hilton have very good chemistry. They flow around the field. They stop the run. They take away the underneath stuff. And then occasionally they'll even drop back and, and, and make plays down the field. Uh, Mike Hilton has, uh, he had a huge, he, he had a huge interception that helped, turn the tide early in the against the bills in this last game. And, uh, you know, he finds ways to find the ball. Cameron Sutton, there was a stretch where he had, he forced, uh, he, he had a forced fumble in three straight games earlier this season over the middle of the field. These are the things that you need to see from this team. Just get back to that chemistry. Um, and I think that they can, it's just going to be a matter of, can they stay healthy and can they get a break? This is going to be the first time that they get, they'll have a full week of a full normal week of practice uh, to, to get through a season in, in a month. I mean, the last time they had a Sunday to Sunday, you knew this is Sunday to Monday. Last time they had this was between uh, was the week before Thanksgiving. So wow. I think a lot of this is going to just be for the defense, just stay healthy and they can still be the same group. Yeah, there's no doubt. I think Bengals fans are, are, are scared of that matchup. Don't like the matchup. And uh, I guess that's maybe the one blessing is bro doesn't have to take all those hits that he would have taken anyways. Uh, all right. I, I don't think anyone, and this is last thing, Chris, at least for me, uh, I don't think anyone expects the Bengals to win this game. Uh, you know, in Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, it doesn't matter what fan you are. I mean, the, I think the Bengals last I saw, they were 13 point underdogs, uh, according to bet online. And that's their, biggest the biggest line at home that they've been underdog since 94 against the Cowboys I believe so think about that you know 25 plus years um since that but uh, my my question to you is if you were the Bengals and you've seen these Steelers issues how would you go about trying to make this a game uh, offensively defensively knowing that they're 210 and one knowing that they don't have the talent they don't have the coaching staff that the Steelers have I mean they Let's just be honest here. So what would you do to try to make it a game and try to be competitive? Because the last thing anyone wants is to get embarrassed on, on Monday Night Football. Uh, the, the things that I think the other teams have been able to do, you know, in, emphasize com- covering the underneath passes, take away the, the short hitches, the, um, you know, the quick slants that Ben Roethlisberger's loved to throw lately, force him to beat you down the field. If he does, you know, it means that he's take the step that he needs to take, but you got to force him to take it. Um, and, and again, when you do that, you'll put yourself in a much better position to stop the run. It'll force the, the Steelers to be a team that they haven't been for about a month. Uh, Cause the last three, you will, I, I guess it's technically three weeks because the Ravens and Washington game were like within four days of each other, but still, um, you know, when you look at, I mean, time's relative in COVID-19, man, it's crazy. Uh, but, <laughs> um, but when you look at how the Steelers offense has played, that's where I challenge them. I say, you know what? And the last three teams, they did this to you. You didn't figure it out. You better figure it out against us, you know. And um, I think that that's absolutely what the defense has to do. Offensively, I mean, biggest thing is get the ball out quick. Don't let don't let your quarterback take too many hits in this game because the Steelers are you know still bring it in the pass rush. Um, you know, try to get it to your playmakers. You know, and see if you can get it to the guys who you know who you who you can beat in coverage. Um, I think Joe Hayden has been when he you know with him being back, he's been very good this year. Um, you know, not not the supreme playmaker, but he's locked down so many situations that have been crucial for them in their in their wins. Um, and uh, you know, and, and I, I think even with him in this last game, it would have made that game even closer than it was. Uh, so 
I, I try to go after Steven Nelson a little bit, you know, see if I can get him matched up with Boyd or Higgins and then see, you know, if either of them can get, can get, you know, break some big plays off on him and hope for the best there. Um, but you do not, like you said, you do not want to get your quarterback in too rough of a situation. Try to find some ways to, to slow down that pass rush, maybe some draws that, you know, in some unpredictable situations or some screens that can catch the Steelers off guard, but they've been very disciplined this year. It's going to be a lot. So big thing is protect your quarterback um, and get, you get the ball out quick and trust your playmakers to be playmakers in those situations. That's Chris Carter from the locked on Steelers podcast. Good stuff from him. We're back tomorrow with Paul Daner Jr. of The Athletic. What does he think about Zach Taylor's future? Is he like Jake and I? He thinks he should be the hell out of here? Or does he think Taylor deserves another year? We'll ask him that and so much more on tomorrow's show. Until then, in the immortal words of Jake Lisko, have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.